You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Um, the Lord has confirmed the word that He gave me before we even got started in worship practice. And He did it again this morning. So, that's so exciting for me. Um, Lord, the Lord gave me this word on Wednesday, just randomly. As I, was, I was up at the school working, and the Lord gave me this word. And I didn't know if this was just going to be part of the word that I gave during announcements. And I shared that with Randy. It became pretty clear Thursday that this was uh, for this morning. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. Um, and I've just got a question for you, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I want to show of hands. Um, but how many of you feel... Like you've hit a brick wall. How many of you feel like you've come to a part in your life that's too big to see around, really don't understand what's going on fully with God? That brick wall is what we're going to talk about this morning. The Lord gave me this word on Thursday, and He said, people don't really understand how I see those brick walls. And it's time for His children to understand how He views those brick walls. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. If you will go with me to Exodus 17, we're going to talk, start talking um, by looking at the Israelites who seem to hit a brick wall like every other day. Uh, so they're a great example, and they never really handled it great. So again, a, a great example. It's going to be Exodus 17, verse 1. It's going to appear on the screen too, and we're just going to get going, okay? All the congregation of the people of Israel moved from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rede, Rip, that place. Um, but there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, "Give us water to drink." And Moses said to them, "Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you not? Why do you test the Lord?" But the people thirsted. Therefore, water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel and taking your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and the water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Mesa and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The people of Israel encountered a conflict, a brick wall, and they didn't know how to handle it. And I see there's only two possibilities when we come to these brick walls. We come to these conflicts in our life. There's only two ways that you handle it. You turn to God or you return back to bondage. And that's immediately what they did. They returned back to bondage in their minds. It would be better for us to live as slaves to li than to live out here with God. I want you to flip over just to Exodus 13, uh, just a few pages and I want us to read a little bit of what the Israelites have been through up to this point. You can look. My Bible's got little titles above certain passages, and you can 
see just right there, without even reading the passages, what the Israelites have been through up to this point and the God that they have seen. But in Exodus 13, verse 17, Now when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will, will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from the uh, Sukkoth and encamped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the, Lord's, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from the people, did not b- depart from before the people. So let's look at what the Israelites have witnessed. Okay? First thing, big thing, overlooked thing, but a very big thing. God sent Moses in the first place. That's huge. God picked someone and sent someone on behalf of himself to free the Israelites from the Egypt's hold. Okay, so he sends Moses. That's a big deal. Then they see the 10 plagues. Okay, then they see, I mean, just the casual thing. They just see the parting of the Red Sea and the destruction of an entire army that was chasing them. Okay, and then just casually, they have a pillar of cloud to lead them by the day and a pillar of fire to lead them at night. So that's just, a, that's like three chapters of what they've experienced thus far. And recognize also, and this is big, recognize that in verse 17, the Lord deliberately leads them away from a wall, the Philistines. He deliberately leads them away from a wall because he knows that they would return to bondage. He says that, that they would return to bondage. They weren't ready for that wall. So if you're hitting a wall, please hear this. God has deemed you worthy of what comes after. That's important for you to recognize. We view these walls and we get overwhelmed by the size. And then we often ask, where's God in this? Why am I here again? Why have I hit another wall again, another snag, another issue, another conflict again? Well, it may be because you're not getting the lesson the first time. But also, it may be something beautiful is in store. And we got to recognize the significance of that wall. And God has deemed you worthy. And if you're a child of God and God has deemed you worthy of that wall, then there's a provision for that wall. Every problem has kingdom provision attached to it. Romans 8, 16 through 17 says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. When you find yourself at a wall, the Lord knows that you're ready, and He's also provided provision for that wall. We've got to stop viewing the problems of this world that we encounter in our lives on the level in which they occur. If we're kingdom citizens, then there are kingdom solutions. But what we do is we see it in this one track and that's how we have to deal with it. What would be the problem-solving process of getting to a sea 
that you cannot cross. You don't have anything, any vessel, any way to cross it. You've got an army that is determined to destroy you, that would rather enslave their own people than to see you go free. They would rather kill you and enslave their own people than to see them go free. Well, they could start getting frantic. They could start trying to fix a boat. People just say, abandon ship, start swimming across. It was an earthly problem solved with a kingdom solution. It's not like anybody was sitting there, man, I really wish God would just part the sea, please. That's not a casual thought that they had. What did the disciples think when they had the basket with the loaves and fish? Kid, you better get to fishing because we got a lot more people to feed and there's not enough here, man. That's that's an earthly solution to an earthly problem. Got a lot of people, not enough food. Either send them home or find more food. But they just kept reaching in and it never ended. There was an abundance. But that was a kingdom solution to an earthly problem. We are kingdom citizens. We're not meant to solve earthly problems with earthly solutions but with kingdom solutions. And we see that you are a co-heir with Christ. So if you find yourself at the wall, there is a kingdom solution at that wall. But we're not quite there yet. We're not exactly viewing the wall the way that we should. Okay? What is the point of the wall? What is God using it for? Okay, well, what is the point of our life with God? What is the point of our time here on earth in relationship to God? It can be summed up in two words, His glory. That is the point of everyone's life in here, everyone's life out there is for His glory. You are made for His glory. So we understand that, okay? 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. This is one of my all-time favorite passages this, these two verses, and I think it's so often misunderstood or just not even paid attention to. It's one of those we just read past so quickly without really seeing the significance of what God is saying in this. Now the Lord is the, is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen, right there. And we all, with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Right there what it's saying, we're made for His glory, but we're made for an ever-increasing glory. The walk, yesterday's glory doesn't match today's. Because you exist, because you breathe, You have risen to another degree of glory. That's the extent, that's the point of this. And so if we see a wall before us, I want you to recognize it's about elevation. It's about rising from one degree of glory to another. That's why the wall exists before you. It's not to shut you down so that you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish. It may be. Maybe you're saying, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Brick wall. Won't let you do it. But I'm telling you right now, God's not just putting that there and saying, this person's being disobedient, I'm just going to shut them down. No, He desires for you to rise from one degree of glory to another. Because what we don't see, and we can't see without God, 
is that that wall has a floor attached to it. That ceiling of that wall that we can't see the top of, there's a new floor for us to walk on. It's just a new level. And when you encounter that wall, I believe with all my heart, it's the Lord saying, you're done on that level. I'm raising you higher. So when we find ourselves facing these problems, we don't have to deal with them on the problems level. We get to go higher, and that's important. We get to go higher. You don't have to. You can deal with it on that level, but you get to. You have been afforded the opportunity to go higher with the Father to a new degree of intimacy, a new degree of relationship, a new degree of understanding of the Father's heart for you and those around you. You get to go higher. We're not supposed to deal with problems on the same level that they come because we are of the kingdom. So back to Exodus. What did Moses do in the face of the brick wall? Okay, they've encountered as a people, they've encountered a brick wall. It's a big brick wall. They don't have any water to drink. They're in the desert. Kind of a big deal. Um, and then he's, he's got two. Because now the people that he's just led out of bondage into freedom, and they've seen the miraculous occur at his leadership. God didn't all of a sudden just snap his fingers and the water parted. He told Moses, put that staff in the sand and watch the water part. So they're watching this guy in relationship to the Father and they're watching the unexplainable, the impossible, the miraculous happen right before their eyes. So ready to return to bondage. So ready to return to bondage. And they're ready to kill him who's been leading them, who came back for them to free them from hundreds of years of slavery. And they're ready to kill him. So Moses has two walls. Big stuff going on. But what is his response? He just asks. He asks God for a solution. And this is something else that I'm learning. But he asks God, fully believing that God has a solution. God has provision and God will solve the issue. But he doesn't put a parameter on how God will do it, which allows God to do it. When we come to these brick walls, oftentimes we ask God, okay, do this, do this, do this. Provide the solution. And I would like you to do it in this way, this way, or this way. One of those three options, God, works for me. But let's solve it like this. And we form an image in our head of how God needs to make it look for us. What it needs to look like. His solution for us, the provision that he has for us needs to look like I say it needs to look like. Now, I'm not saying that sounds a little malicious, sounds a little mean, but we don't, I don't think we do that with our hearts in a bad spot. But what we do is we just oftentimes start to create the parameters of how God is to answer that prayer, how God is to deal with the wall. Moses did it without that. Jesus did it without that. Every single time. Every miracle performed through Jesus, when he's moved by compassion, not a single one of those. He said, God, I want to spit into the mud and I want to rub it in this guy's face and I want him to be able to see. So I'm going to start now. Just make sure he's healed. Not at all. He sees the problem. He allows God to provide the solution and he walks in obedience to it. 
Same with the fish. Same with so many others. Everything he did, he never put a parameter on how God was to do it. And I'm telling you, that will keep you at the foot of that wall for a long time. If you put a parameter on how God is to answer your prayer. And don't forget, he's your all-knowing father that can see the solution that is beyond our capacity to imagine. And we can agree with that until we get to a moment where he needs to be that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Be something I can comprehend. So I want this house to make that adjustment, that adjustment real quick. That we would be a people that, that thrive, that desire, that pursue the impossibility of God. And that when we see a problem, we get excited because I'm about to see a degree of God's impossibility that I have yet to see. I want us to get excited about issues, about problems, about hitting brick walls. I want us to be fired up because God has a solution that I cannot comprehend. And he's had it since the foundation of the world and now I get to see it. I get to see a degree of my father I have yet to encounter. I get to rise from one degree of glory to another. More in the image of God. Who in Genesis 1.26, I was made in. Now I get to see it to a fruition that I have yet to see. And who knows, besides the solution, but what waits for you on that new level with God? Whew. The wall got you there. But we don't know all that's there. We have no idea. We can't comprehend all that God has in store when he calls us higher. But it's exciting. I've never been disappointed by God calling me higher. I'm here because God called me higher. I'll never forget the conference I was at. I could pro- this was in a stadium, but I bet I could get you in the section that I was sitting in when the Lord said, I'm going to call you higher. And I said, let's do it. He said, I'm going to call you to Sundown, Texas. What? It's flatter. I, don't, I didn't get it. I see how God has called me higher now. I see how he's anointed this community for the higher things of God. Powerful, powerful stuff, man. We are living in one of the most unique places in the world because God has put his thumb on it and said, this is where I choose to do the mighty work of God. And we get to be here. And then he's going to call you higher, that you would have more understanding of it and you could be an active participant in it. You don't just get to witness it. You get to be the hands and feet of it. But what is required? Elevation. And a lot of times we get to these places, we either say we've just got to deal with this problem on its level, or I'm done. Defeated. And I'm guilty of that. Second I come to the wall, I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. So I miss the beautiful part that God intended. He just wants his children to ask. I get to these places, I don't have the solution because I don't ask for them. 
Moses had to ask for the solution. God loves giving gifts to His children. He's a good, good father. He wants to give these to you. But He wants you to ask for them. So you make the connection that I asked and God delivered. I was in need and God provided. James 4. 2 through 3 says, You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. We ask, but we put a parameter around it of what it needs to look like and how I want to use it. It's a, I mean, it's a popular thing. Lord, make me a famous musician. And when I win a, an award, I'll thank you. And they'll all know that for 30 seconds, it's all for you. Right? That's uh, pretty worthless. Because I've seen a lot of people go from a certain lifestyle, and the second they get some spotlight, it's all for him. And then they go right back to that lifestyle. That's not how God wants to do it. Don't put a parameter on how. If you have a song in your heart that you believe God is going to use to change the world, then allow him. You know the song, How He Loves Us, right? We know that song. You know that that song was birthed out of a man's death. Because at a prayer meeting, a man said, if it means the loss of my life to change the world, take it. He died in a car accident on his way home from that prayer meeting. And a man named John Mark McMillan that was at that prayer meeting with him wrote that song in his grieving of his friend that he lost. That his last request of the Lord was to take my life if it would change the world. And he did. And he, and he did. He changed the world. I encountered God through worship in a way I had never encountered him because I saw a person lead that song. Man, that's the God we serve. But we have not because we ask not. Graham Cook said this, and this was cracking me up. He said that the kingdom of heaven is not a storage facility, and it's full of your stuff that you won't ask for. Claim it. If you're at a wall, there is solutions that are yours to be claimed. But we have not because we ask not. I want this to be a house that asks for the impossibility of God regularly. But that means as individuals, we've got to ask for the impossibility of God regularly. Because that's what happens when we come together. If we want to see it happen here, we've got to see it happen out there, in your home, in your living room, on your knees, overwhelmed, asking for the impossibility of God. And then the impossibility of God will just dwell in this place. Because there are people that are entering through these doors that have witnessed and live in the impossibility of God. And then sickness can't exist in this room. Death won't exist in this room. Freedom will exist in this room. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And His children are made for an ever-increasing glory that there would be an ever-increasing freedom. 
in this place, in these walls, because the, the body that makes this room up lives in the impossibility of God. But we have not because we ask not. So live from fullness, not towards it. Live from fullness, not towards it. Live in that moment as Moses did. Just why, why are you testing the Lord like he won't provide for us? And it was almost just like, God, will you do something, please? They're getting antsy again. They're going to kill me again. Will you provide real quick? Because he lived from fullness, not towards it. Not hoping to achieve it one day. If you are a son or daughter to the king of heaven, you are full. And what is his is yours. So live from that place, not hoping to achieve it one day. Live from fullness, not towards it. That's my cue to Max to go get the kids. Uh, <laughs> he asked me to just give him a wink, so I did. He didn't, I don't know why he thought I wouldn't. Um, Sarah and I have recently, and this has been recent, and I'm going to try to talk to you about this without crying. And this is, these are joyful tears. But we have decided, and we've started walking with our kids, exposing them to where we're at with the Lord. Not going to keep it away from him. When I pray with Liam at night, I want him to know what I'm asking God for, what I'm believing in God for. And what that's done is that has opened up a world to me that I, I did not expect. Because now Liam, when he prays to God, he prays in total belief. When I say we're asking God for healing, he knows it's coming. He doesn't ask or question it. He believes that it's coming. When we're asking God for big things in our life, he doesn't ask God for them. He just thanks God for them because he knows God has already provided them. My four-year-old knows that God has already provided them because I exposed him to that. So I just had this vision. We were going to sing and I was going to preach and we're going to get these kids in here because I want to see, I want them to see the adults rise to a new level. I want them to see a body elevate. I want them to bear witness to what God did in here this morning. That he, they would see and they would witness how the Lord has called us from one degree of glory to another. And that we are, we are being raised to a new degree of impossibility with God. I want them to see it. I want them to bear witness that they would never have to live a single day stopping at the wall and, not wondering, and wondering what to do. That when they hit walls, they would know exactly what God is doing and why, how he sees that wall and what he's getting ready to do in their story. They would recognize, they wouldn't have to learn as we are. But they wouldn't stop at those walls. They'd hit them in stride. Rising from one degree of glory to another. They'd hit those walls in stride. Oftentimes I have to hit that wall, look at it for a little bit, and then 
elevate. Could you imagine if they never hesitate when they hit the walls? It starts by them bearing witness to what God does in us. Them seeing what God does in this house. Them never living a single day doubting the impossibility of God because they were raised in the impossibility of God. Can we raise our children in the impossibility of God? Can we allow God to expose them to the grandeur of what He's working in our story right now? He's working big things in your story and there are little eyes that need to see it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship and we're going to allow God to elevate us, to call us higher, and we're going to walk higher with Him. We're going to have a bunch of little witnesses to it. And we as a house are going to rise from one degree of glory to the next. So Lord, we just thank You. We thank You for the power of Your Word. Lord, we thank You that there are so many stories in this room and You knew exactly what we needed to hear this morning. That You could be working so many things on behalf of so many people. But one word from You sets us free, leads us to what's next. So Lord, I pray that we would be a house this morning that goes higher. Lord, I pray for the brick walls, for the impossible situations that we find ourselves at the foot of. By the end of this service, we'd find ourselves on top of. Lord, that we would elevate with you. Lord, and I pray that the generation that is to come would see it and they would live an active expectation of God to be impossible and to do the impossible. They would live with active expectation every day of their life. Thanking you for the solutions before they have to ask because they know that you are good and they've seen the testimony of your goodness in our stories. They've seen the testimony of your goodness. Lord, we refuse to allow there to be a generation that would rise up and not know you. We refuse. So Lord, I pray that there would be a generation that would rise up that knows you more intimately than any generation that has come before. Because as each generation comes and goes, they are also made to rise from one degree of glory to the next. So our children now get to start. Their ground floors are ceiling. I pray that that's what we would see this morning. What we overcome would never be anything they have to face. Lord, we just pray for the impossibility of God to dwell in this place. Lord, we pray for impossible solutions, uncomprehendable solutions 
in this place. And that this would be a house of people that testify to that impossibility. We love you, God. We thank you, God, that we get to walk this walk with you. And that for every wall, there's a kingdom solution. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.